With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. is the ability to do more things from the comfort of our own homes. Nobody likes sitting in a doctor's office or even going to the doctor for that matter. But we all need to take care of ourselves. So what is video care? Video care is like a trip to Zoom care, just from your couch. You can see, hear, and chat with your doctor just like a traditional office visit. Get secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. Video care is covered by most in, or most private insurers, usually with a co- uh, copay. Uh, visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z O O M C A R E.com. There's nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc sitting in your own living room. So check them out today and see just how easy it is. Zoomcare.com for all the details you need. Boom. We are here. Draft pod full effect. Andre Simone, Henry Chisholm, Jake Schwanitz, Justin Michael, full crew back together. We missed you last week, Justin. Um, missed you too, guys. And if you have anything, any takes on the Natty, we are here for them. We, as always, are presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in all the land already some fun draft props up there already Deshaun Watson landing spot props Broncos plus 1100 which is kind of fun fifth highest odds to get into that there you go we are here draft pod we've got questions we've got uh, some fun plans from now until beyond the draft as I always like to spoil But really, we are going to take this episode to look at this 2021 draft class as a whole, get into our favorite position groups, our least favorite position groups, kind of where there's value in this draft, where you're going to have to press and target uh, your favorites because there's not a lot of depth and just kind of break it down there. And we'll see if we have any time for, for a mock draft after that. And as always, answering your questions. So let's get into that on offense. Let's start with on offense. Favorite favorite position groups, favorite uh, kind of classes, deepest classes, however you want to frame or interpret this question, I leave it to you. I think there's a lot of depth at running back. Yes. Like, I, I know... There's some questions about what's going to happen. We still don't really know, you know, Melvin Gordon, even Philip Lindsay. So 
that makes it kind of hard. Mm-hmm. But if you go out and, and you land one of these dudes in the second round, or I mean, even the first, depending on what ends up happening, if you trade down or something like that. But I mean, you've got both guys coming out of North Carolina. I love Michael Carter and Javante Williams. I'm obsessed with Najee Harris. What a national championship game. Yep. Chubba Hubbard still. I mean, there's just a lot of dudes. Kylan Hill, Hank's guy. Yep. I mean, there's just, there's so much depth here. And I think you could really get somebody that's probably a starter in the second, third, even fourth round, maybe. Yeah, Trey Sermon declares. You've got Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. Jared Patterson from Buffalo is exciting. Got a fun. Yeah, totally. Uh, CJ Verdell declaring, Hank. That is a good question. I don't. No, I think he. I think he did. I think he did. And then Malapai, um, you know, Javen Hawkins, uh, Elijah Mitchell. We've got the UCLA kid. I really like Felton, right? Who can be that kind of uh, X factor as a receiver at the backfield too. I'm with you, Justin. This running back class has me really excited um, for the Broncos most of all. Um, so yeah, I'm great call by you. Great call. Really like this running back class. And it's not just deep. We've got lots of options. Who's your guys running back number one right now? I know we've kind of gone over this a couple of different times, but has it changed for anyone? No, it's Najee. Yeah, it's still Najee for me. Like, like it, it, it does seem like every week there's a different number two. Like, like sometimes I think it's like ETN. I just went back and watched the Buffs UCLA game last night, and Demetric Felton is really good in, in a lot of really important ways, like just catching those little screens. And there's a place for him. Somebody who's built like he is, where it's just like all muscle. But I mean, you can't compete with like the top guy in the class. I think it just has to be Najee for me at this point. Well, yeah, I'm not sure there's anybody that helped their draft stock more this year. Than Najee yeah. Harris. Good yeah. point. Everyone loved ETN. Um, and there are games where you watch ETN, and I think, Oof, man. That's my point. I mean, I just like two months ago, we were all dead set that ETN was number one. Even me, as a Bama guy, I was like, I think I'd yeah. still probably go ETN. And I mean, Najee's just, he's jumped up everybody's boards. And yeah, I, I think for, he's a stud. For a minute, I had Kalen Hill as the top guy. Um, I think there was a two-week stretch where Javante Williams was really a a heavy contender. I've been high on Chubba Hubbard forever, but yeah, Najee's got my top spot right now. And And Javante Williams has to be my favorite. Yes, yeah. I mean, because the the way he runs under his pads and that breakaway speed are very exciting for Javante. Um, Exciting that... Yeah, I think he'll go high too. Exciting that Najee is going to be at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Um, and that'll be an interesting eval because though that's one of the positions that kind of benefits the least from going to the Senior Bowl. Like you're not getting that much out of the running back evaluations during practice. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Maybe you know he's really counting on upping his stock as a wide receiver in that kind of scenario. Um, So any other candidates for deepest class on the offensive side in 2021 here? I think receivers definitely have to be in the conversation. I mean, you have the best college receiver of all time at the top. Well, 
probably at the top because even that is a discussion. That's how good this receiver class is. Um, I think there's going to be like five or six guys gone in the first round. And if you wanted to like look through like the top 15 receivers, I would say that any of those guys could potentially be one of the first rounders. Like, like there is just so much to sort through. I mean, Jamar yeah. Chase, Javante Smith, Jalen Waddle, and then guys like Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall. And where does Kadarius Tony fit into all this? Rondale Moore and Nico Collins, Elijah Moore. Like, it just keeps going and going and going with guys who you would be excited about. And it's kind of disappointing that the Broncos loaded up on receivers last year because it makes it really tough to justify one before the fifth, sixth round this year. Yeah, I mean, I think if you spend any type of top three, top four round pick on a wide receiver, if you're Denver, it's, I mean, kind of a waste. I mean, the depth chart's getting kind of loaded. You have to deal with Tim Patrick now, whether you bring him or uh, back or not. So, yeah. I mean, if you draft a guy, yeah, he'll probably make the team, obviously, because you just spent a pick on him. But who are you going to let go? The only justification you could have is someone we've talked about this before, like a Kadarius Tooney, like a Rondale Moore, where you have a very specific plan and he's essentially going to be as much part of the pack room as he is part of the wide receiver room. But what you guys are saying is absolutely correct. Feels like more of a luxury pick than addressing a pressing need. And I think it's interesting what Hank said Five to six first rounders. Sounds about right to me. Three guarantees and then another two to three. Um, and beyond first rounders, I think we'll see like 10 to 12 in the first, what, 65 picks, something like that. Uh, so it's it, no doubt, no doubt, loaded class. Crazy that Olave is staying in school, huh? Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Um, he could blow up based on, I mean, obviously you know, everybody's going to talk about the risk of injury and, you know, you never want that on for anybody, but yeah, I'm not sure it's a horrible decision. And, you know, it's obviously probably a, you know, a chance to make another run at a title game. If he yeah. ends up, you know, playing the whole season, he right. could always, you know, come back ball out for a couple games and then just, you know, sit out like a lot of these guys do, mm -hmm. but interesting decision. The yeah. only question I'd have about that decision is, I mean, obviously Fields is declaring, so we don't, I don't mm -hmm. really know who's playing quarterback at Ohio State, but it looks like Olave has to have a lot of faith in that QB room overall to come back. I mean, him and Wilson are coming back. Um, I have, did Master Teague declare? I didn't, I don't know if I saw that. I, so if they get him back too, I mean, they've got skill players all over the place and they're Ohio State. You know, they're going to have a freshman or like oh, yeah. a sophomore come out of nowhere too. So this offense is going to be potent. In 21. Yeah, risky. Um, always risky to come back. Now he's gambling on the fact that next year won't be such a stacked wide receiver class, which is worth uh, probably a, a fair projection. But yeah, you're always taking on some risk. And there'll be plenty of late round gems. I mean, Nico Collins out of Michigan has all the raw tools. Frank Darby, Hank out of Arizona State, a guy that's got people excited. Nice. It goes on and on. Warren Jackson. Warren Jackson, man. The, the draft network has him as a top 200 prospect still, which actually kind of surprised me. Um, I I think he's going to make somebody happy. I don't think he'll end up in Denver because they just don't have really a need for that big body guy with Cortland Sutton and probably Tim Patrick coming back, mm -hmm. I would assume, after the last couple of years. But he's he's going to surprise some people. It's, it's a bummer he didn't play this year. It'll be similar to... 
last year, will you have late round or undrafted guys like a Gabe Davis uh, really making an impact in the playoffs, you know, so, or Traquan Smith. Um, like these are dudes we were talking up. We, I had borderline top hundred grades on these cats. And because the classes were so deep, they drop, but they're still making significant contributions uh, deep into the playoffs at this point. All right, Jake comes down to you and me. Uh, deepest classes remaining. Hard to argue with running back or wide receiver, but I think we still have some intriguing candidates on the board. Yeah, I think I'm actually going to go quarterback. I think there's a lot of intriguing talent all yeah. throughout. I know that we spend a lot of time talking about the top five, and rightfully so. Uh, the top five even is pretty deep. You know, I think we've done a good job of not Very really hyping deep. this class up too much, but. Man, when you watch any of these top five guys, it's hard not to get excited about them and just kind of envision what is uh, what they could be and their potential in the NFL. Um, but even guys that didn't play, I mean, we talked about Jamie Newman. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Intriguing name to watch. And then just a lot of the late-round guys I think are going to be interesting too. Uh, Malik Willis, uh, Michael Penix. I think he's coming back though, right? The Indiana guy. Or he tore his ACL or something. I think you're right. Sam Ellinger declared, though, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, him and Mond. I mean, there's intriguing yep. guys all the way throughout. So uh, Purdy, like Ian class. Book. Yeah, Purdy's coming back. Oh, right. Um, it it is it is. I mean, top heavy because we're at a point where we're kind of hoping four quarterbacks haven't gone by the ninth pick. And then you've got some depth because you know Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, not bad as your fourth or what fifth and sixth quarterbacks of the class and then yeah the guys you just listed off newman mond malik willis so on and so forth um you could do a lot worse and i think you know tight ends still very deep very good class but i think arguably the deepest class of this entire draft will be my candidate and that's offensive tackle not only do we have a guy that um, at the tippy top is as good as anyone you'll find in any offensive tackle class. I think you're getting some really insane value after that. I mean, Hank talked about five, six potential first rounders at wide receiver. I think at offensive tackle. Now we could debate whether all these guys are offense are drafted at offensive tackle. Um, but depending on where guys like Alex Leatherwood, Rashawn Slater, Elijah Vera Tucker, who might be seen more as interior linemen than offensive tackles by the NFL, um, you might be looking at six first rounders in this class. And that's, you know, with guys like Darisaw, Liam Eichenberg, Samuel Cosby on top of Penny Sewell and the guys who could kind of be put inside. And that's not even mentioning Walker Little out of Stanford, Dylan Radins, um, the North Dakota state left tackle, um, you know, Jackson Carmen out of Clemson, uh, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, Tevin Jenkins, the right tackle out of Oklahoma state. Some are really high on Spencer Brown out of Northern Iowa, who really moves impressively, super raw, super intriguing talent. Alric Jackson, the reason Tristan Wirfs was playing right tackle at Iowa is because Alric Jackson was there holding down that left side. So um, lots of talent, lots of talent at offensive tackle. If the Broncos are looking for that air at right tackle, um, that air apparent for Juwan James, you know, who obviously hasn't been able to stay on the field all that long. Um, this is a great year to really address that. North Dakota State kid's intriguing, man. 
He yeah. kind of jumped out to me when I was trying to watch some Trey Lance film. I found myself watching him more than I was watching Trey Lance and had to go back and rewatch it. But he moves I, really well. And I don't think he's going to go in the first round. So he's one of those where it's yeah. like, you know, second, third round. You could really get some great value there. Mm-hmm. And you've got I like the class because it's a it's a real pick your flavor class. You know, you want the higher upside mobile guy who you know, might be a little lighter in the pants. We got to build them up like the North Dakota state kid, like the Northern Iowa kid, Samuel Cosme kind of fits that bill. Um, lighter needs to be developed or you want, you know, Walker Littles like that higher upside, or you want, you know, more of that mauler who can play inside, outside. He can play left tackle, right tackle. Uh, he's going to be a solid run blocker. You've got a lot of options there. So it's a really nice, um, offensive class offensive tackle class um so really i mean we didn't mention obviously fullback tight end in the interior offensive line class i think it's a pretty good tight end class and a half decent offense interior offensive line class as well um so it's on offense this is a really nice draft yeah i wonder if the tight ends are a little bit top heavy you know at least yes. in the Yes. outside of like Kyle Pitts, Pat Fryermuth, and Brevin Jordan. You know, like Miller Forrestal, he made some plays, but he's not somebody who I get fired up about. And, and to me, that's why I, I went wide receiver over tight end, just because the, yeah. I have a lot more questions about the depth there. Absolutely. I mean, depth at tight end is always going to be a little, um, you know, only so many get drafted every year. Uh I love watching MTV, the challenge, you know, it's nothing but scumbags and douchebags on there. Uh, but I, I love to judge and watch. And one guy likes to say like, Oh, I was like the 22nd ranked tight end in the 2017 draft classes. Like dude, seven tight ends get drafted every year. You being 22 doesn't, you weren't like screwed from the NFL. Like you, you rightfully are out of a job. That's how it goes. There's only like, 60 guys in the world employed as NFL tight ends. So chill out. Um, so yeah, you're, you're correct. It's definitely top heavy, but as far as tight end classes go, I've seen a lot worse than, uh, than just last year's. I mean, I think horrendous. we're better at the top, especially this year, obviously with Pitts and uh, Brevin Jordan, but there's some other guys later. I mean, Hunter long from Boston college is an intriguing guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Kenny Yeboah from Ole Miss. I think both those guys are senior bowl guys as well. Yep. Um, so they could really improve their stocks next week, but, uh, you know, someone like Hunter long or like mm-hmm. Charlie Kohler, uh, these guys are like your more traditional tight ends. They're not going to be flashy and as dynamic as, you know, a Pitts or a Brevin Jordan, but there's someone that could come in and definitely contribute. I think to some degree in year one, Hank, what's happening with the Utah kid? He's staying in school. Ooh, I believe so. Grant Keithy. Um, there, there are actually two tight Love ends that. there who are really good. Um, but I do think that they're both staying in school. I also don't know that Keithy put up all that great in numbers this year. No, they didn't do much. I mean, it, Utah played, what, four games? So, uh, And, I mean, playing was kind of a stretch of a verb there. So, yeah. <laughs> Although they did beat Colorado. <laughs> I think we'll have a lot less to say and a little less uh, debate on the defensive side. Um, the defensive side might be where we have some of our more shallow classes to pick from, but on defense, 
what strikes you as the deepest position group? I guess I'd say corner. I mean, it's kind of top heavy too. Um, yeah. Maybe, man, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely not interior defensive line. I think that's probably the weakest uh, position I, group maybe in the entire draft. Oh, long shot. I can't remember. Shoot, I can't remember the last time where there was barely a candidate to go in the first round out of the interior defensive line. I mean, some people like like Nixon out of Iowa. Some people like Barrymore out of Alabama. I think he probably uh, because... played his way into the first round after the national championship. But both those guys probably sneak into the bottom fifteen picks or so. Um, but in a typical year, they they might be more like high second round. Father, uh, yeah, safety class not very deep. We were talking off air about the linebacker class not very deep. Um, it to me, it comes down to edge rush or a cornerback, and I sneaky like this edge rush class. Um, maybe not super top heavy because whether you like Russo, Parsons, Quiddy Pay, they all have like a significant hole in their game that has you concerned. But after that, Aziz Ojulari, Ronnie Perkins, Osai, uh, the Washington kid with three names that put up insane numbers. Uh, um, cool. Yeah, uh, Adam Anderson out of Georgia, who I love, I think is also going back to school. But Helmelkar Rashad, Joe Tryon uh, out of Washington. Uh, when I was watching Jalen Phillips, who has some first-round hype, the former UCLA five-star recruit uh, who went to Miami and really blew it up this year, Quincy Roche jumps out to me every single time. That kid moves so well in space, such a flexible, you know, bendy edge rusher. He's going to be really a useful uh, player. And I, you know, Carlos Basham out of Wake Forest, Mijay Sanders out of Cincinnati, Jason Owe out of Penn State. They're like out of the top 10 on the edge rush class. All three of those guys are like built to perfection as you would want a linear, long, bendy edge rusher. And you still have guys like Patrick Jones out of pit, Rashad Weaver out of pit, um, Jordan Smith out of UAB is a kid who's got some low key hype. He's super long and athletic. It's a deep class. Notre Dame has a couple edges that are talented. Coastal Carolina is a guy that's going to be at the senior bowl. It's really deep. Um, for a second, your your hat could have been a Coastal Carolina hat, Justin. I, I would rock a Coastal Carolina hat. I'm all in on the, the G5 bandwagon as long as it's not from the AAC. I just don't like the American. Get um, out of here, AAC. I too about it. If I were to rock some teal, that's the that would be the teal school I would rock. Chanticleers. Chanticleers, baby. Um, it is a good one. I'll say so, yeah. that. The linebacker class, it's not phenomenal, but it's not bad either because there are some guys, I think some value picks, you know, Dylan Moses out of Alabama. I don't think he's going to go in the first round. You could probably get him late second round. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like Shaz Surratt out of North Carolina a lot. I mean, he's going to go a little bit earlier, I think, but there's some other guys I'm intrigued by. I need to watch uh, KJ Britt at Auburn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I know that I liked him earlier in the season, so I'll go I'll have to go back and kind of check him out again. Yeah, Monty oh. Rice, Jabril Cox. Yeah, like there, there are some guys there that are going to go in the second, third round. Errol Thompson, you know, out of Mississippi State. 
there'll be some guys that go in like the fourth, fifth round that you're going to be able to, to produce starters out of. And I think the Broncos could use some depth at linebacker. hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know. Other candidate for least deep is probably safety. Safety is a brutal. Place. I'm struggling yeah. on safety. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. That's got to help Justin Simmons cause. Don't you think? At least that's what his agent's saying. I mean, it's going to help him get more money. I'm not sure that means get more money from the Broncos. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. the safeties are in a tough spot. Um, I, I like the the edge rusher answer. Like, all that's missing from the edge, like, there, there is so much depth from, like, late round one through round mm-hmm. three. There just isn't mm-hmm. anybody at the top that you say, like, this is – worth investing in which which is crazy because that is the position outside of quarterback where players get the most money and if there is yeah. a good edge rusher they're gonna get pumped off the board and so it's kind of crazy to see that the top guys are kind of like fringe top 10 when that added value the positional value is factored in um but outside yeah. of that there's just so many guys and linebackers yeah there's, there's like a whole bunch who I would be excited to see in Denver, you know, whether it's Chad Surratt or Jabril Cox or Monty Rice, Dylan Moses, if we want to go like higher up the board. Um, but yeah, these safeties just, I mean, uh, I, I, I always wonder if there's like just Pac-12 bias. And because I know that in, with the secondary in particular, I've noticed a lot of Pac-12 fans saying that the NFL doesn't appreciate Pac-12 talent and underdrafts it particularly in the secondary. And I'm not sure if that's true. Like I haven't been around long enough, like following it to know, but what if like Tauno Ufanga actually is like a first round caliber safety and a guy like, you know, Javon Holland is good. And all of a sudden those guys can kind of elevate this class. I don't know. Just a theory that I had. I mean, I think both those guys are up there. I think Paris Ford's up there. I think Richard LeCount's up there. A lot of people like Trevon Mooring out of TCU. I tell you, Tariq Thompson out of San Diego State. He's deceptively one of the better safeties in this entire class. He's a dude that's good in coverage, great tackler, can hit, a uh, little bit undersized, and so he's not going to go early. But a dude that I could see, you know, being like a fifth, sixth round pick, and you know, producing, you know, ended up being, you know, a Will Parks type guy, somebody that serves a pretty important role. Safety is one of those positions where the top paid safeties in the NFL are it's almost exclusively guys who are drafted fairly low um, because it's one of those positions where IQ and instincts kind of matter above all else. And this class, we I mentioned the top five. After that, though, oof, uh, it's it's rough. It's really rough. So. The thing with the safety class, though, is I don't think it's lacking in talent. It's just that you never really had, like, anyone pop. And the guys that we were kind of looking at before the season just didn't really do anything. I mean, the Florida State kid didn't do much. Yeah, Eden Stearns didn't do much. Yeah, Uh, Guys like Andre Sisco got hurt, like, in the second game. So it's tough. Exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. And uh, you have guys like Brady Breeze, too, who who opted out this season and is like, uh, from, from Where's Oregon, he at? Or, Oregon, but he was uh, like a fringe draft pick. They had like, like five DBs opt out. 
Exactly. And it's yeah. like, if, if he would have played and maybe he would have looked really good and then we could be talking him up because I remember watching him last year being like, wow, this is a fun guy to watch. But instead we're sitting here saying maybe he goes in the seventh round. I'm not really sure. Yeah. And that yeah. one in particular, Brady Breeze frustrates me. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break, Hank. I think that gives us a good idea of this draft class. Uh, certainly offensive heavy. Certainly some premium positions that are like really good this year. Um, we will be back on the other side answering some questions. And I think by golly, we've got time to do a mock draft. So let's speed it up, Hank. The return we have all been waiting for is finally here. UFC's most notorious icon is stepping back into the octagon this Saturday. So be sure to check out DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the UFC for a shot to turn $1 into $257. That's right. New users can bet $1 on McGregor to win by knockout in the first round. And if he does, you'll be cashing in $257. Bet a little, win a lot. It's that simple. While we're all excited for this weekend's premier UFC bout, let's not forget football is in the midst of their playoffs. So head to the app to check out the great playoff promotions. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR for new players to get $257 if McGregor wins by first-round knockout. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Legendary. Uh, yeah, get in. Incredible offers. Questions? Questions. Let's do the questions first. Then we'll get into... Uh, that'll buy us more time for mock drafting. All right, we have two this week. You guys showed up per usual. I appreciate it. Greg L. Craig, rather. Sorry. Starts us off. He says, in a world where Simmons, Lindsay, and Shelby Harris are re-signed, Vaughn restructures, and we get a corner in free agency, leaving no major holes, no trade backs. We go best player available at nine. Who are you hoping is there? Hmm. Hmm. I know what I'd say. Say it, Jake. It's got to be quarterback at this point. I mean, if you plug all the holes and you really your only hole is not knowing if Drew Locke's going to make the leap or not, I mean, quarterback's the only real option, which, I guess. Which quarterback would you hope would be there? Dude, I've been going back this week watching the top five. All five of them, there's a thing about every single guy that you just – it's fun to watch and they're awesome players, but Trey Lance, so intriguing to me, just the modern prototypical uh, quarterback in terms of body arm, uh, dual threat ability. He's someone that's just awesome to watch. And I think, I mean, he's 20 years old. He's going to grow into his body and he's going to become an even better player as time moves on. So yeah, only a one year starter, which has you intrigued for how much he has to learn and can improve and can get live reps. Um, and at the same time, there's a lot of rawness, but yeah, I, um, 
he'd be intriguing. I don't know if there's any hope, but I would love for Justin Fields to drop to the Broncos at that point. I mean, him and Wilson are they're neck and neck for me. So if either of them are able to drop to the uh, end of the top 10, that would just be incredible. That'd be insane. Yeah. Um, Maybe you'd have to trade up. I don't even know. But like to eight, you honestly might have to. I think there's a real chance all four of those guys go top six or seven. I think so too. Top eight. Carolina's scary, man. Carolina's a real albatross right there in front of the Broncos. They need a QB. Um, Why wouldn't they? No, absolutely. In a system like that, too. Uh, Someone like Lance would be perfect. Someone like Fields would be perfect. Justin, dream scenario for you? I've gone back and forth on this, but I think you you just you got to fill the the best player you can on defense, I guess. You know, I I don't think any of those quarterbacks are going to be there. I love Mac Jones, but I think him going top 10 is still kind of a stretch even after that game. I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't know if that's even necessarily the best situation for a guy like Mac Jones. Um I, don't, I like JOK, but even then, like he should be there at nine. That's not like a fall, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I'd be super happy with JOK or Darisaw. Darisaw would be great. That's not the like and full disclosure, I think BPA in this scenario could very likely be a guy like Kyle Pitts. Cool. That would be exciting, man. That would you be fun. Don't necessarily have a need for, but... I mean, it's, it's a lot worse than don't necessarily have a need for. Like, like you have a former first-round pick, Noah Fant, starting at the position, and the offense was better when your fifth-round pick last year, Albert Okwebunam, uh, was actually in there. Like, I... I I guess to me, you can't take Albert O out of this offense. And so if you're bringing in Kyle Pitts, like I honestly think you have to move Noah Fant. That'd be fine. Who cares? Man, Go for it, Fant's going to be a superstar, though. I, I love know. Fant. He's soft. They're essentially all wide receivers, too. That's, that's the thing, especially Pitts. You bring him in, I mean... I'm still old school on tight ends, man. I want a tight end that can block. And I know that all like... all just big wide receivers. They, they really are at this point. You don't need that. Sertan, I mean, I, I'd love to see him end up in Denver. Here's the thing, though. I mean, if they do actually believe in Drew Locke and want to give him 21, I mean, why not surround him with another weapon and actually give him, like, no excuses this at this time, you know? Get Albert O off the field, though. I'm not sure that that's helping him. I'm, I mean, Get just look creative. Like, Let's go three tight end sets. Bring somebody <laughs> in the backfield. Like, let's... Take Jerry Judy off the, the enemy would do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I it's just so hard to justify a, a tight end in the first round in any situation, in my opinion. Kyle Pitts certainly deserving of a top 10 pick. I, I still just don't think the Broncos can do it though. And I think that there's there's still like if you look at whoever's number like 48 through 53 on this roster, they should not be on this roster. Like, like there are non NFL players who are wearing Broncos uniforms, and you got to address those positions before you. Well, add. because of last year, or you think in general with a healthy lineup? Um, I guess I haven't really thought about who will be back and who won't, but but like, you just need to keep adding pieces like to that secondary because you don't have any depth there. Like you did. Yep. So they cut like Bosby. Did Bosby wind up coming yep. back? 
Like, like it's just that whole yeah. mess back there where you're kind of just messing around with these kind of, at this point, journeymen types sure. who are in their fourth year who don't belong on the field. And it's just like, there are, there are parts of this roster that need help, even if it isn't like in the starting lineup. So without getting too lost in the weeds, who would be your dream scenario at nine with all those needs already fulfilled? That's so hard. Um, I think uh, Penny Sewell is obviously the dream scenario. It's also totally unrealistic. Um, So moving past that, I think a top three quarterback falling would probably be what's best for the Broncos um, just because the value of those three guys at that spot. Like, yeah, if I also am not like totally sold on first round quarterback, but if one of those three are there, you have to do it. I I would also say like certain I like, and I guess that's probably it. I don't really have a dream scenario yet. I just don't really like what this looks like. I love Zach Wilson, man. He's not going to be there. Like he's just not, but if for some freak reason like i don't who knows he slides because his agent is dumb or something i'm convinced he's gonna be the second quarterback off the board still i think so i it will be similar to that mayfield josh allen sam darnold josh rose and lamar jackson draft where i think someone probably does drop that we didn't expect that could be fun. Um, similar to the way Josh Allen did. If I were to put money on who that is, I guess it would be Fields. Definitely. I think it'd be Fields. I mean, Fields, I think I and be a steal. Yes. I do I think that. there's legitimate questions about his game at this point, though. For so sure. it's, I could see why he would fall if he does. Absolutely. I mean, there are legitimate questions with all these guys processing speed. Definitely something that scares you being a little trigger shy. Definitely something that scares you. Not something guys haven't shown the ability to overcome. I think Deshaun in his last year got a little bit in his head and was starting to do that. And he threw far too many picks over the middle. Um, Oh shoot. I just had someone else in my head who was a great example of this. Anyways, it'll come to me. Um, But yeah, there you go. I mean, that's why nine's kind of a pesky selection, Uh, but you gotta, you gotta make do with what you got. And then orange and blue Aussie chimes in as he does every week. And we really appreciate that. He says, okay, guys, I'm keeping it simple this week in the top 16 picks, which teams are most likely to want to trade down. So trade down candidates. I'd say it starts with Miami at three, right? Yep. Yeah. Falcons at four, maybe? Definitely. Yeah. I just think with I the think, Falcons, I think they might take a QB. Well, they the, the issue with the Falcons I I keep on going back to is the cap space issue and just the team overall is not very good or deep. And you're sitting at fourth overall. You can get a pretty solid haul if you wanted to move back yeah. and to help out your cap situation and your talent situation too. But then it, really depends. it depends on you what they do it. with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Uh, but they are absolutely one of those teams who's been trading up for so long. They've just, you know, target after target. It's really bit them uh, with their depth. So then, unfortunately, 
you could say the same about the Eagles um, and the Lions, I think. Teams that could add depth, benefit from trading down, kind of have their quarterbacks already. I think, I mean, the yeah. Bengals, too. I mean, the Bengals, if they wanted to trade down to, say, nine with the Broncos, then sure. instead of taking, like, if they're trying to side between Devonta Smith or Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase, let that kind of sort itself out, pick up another first-rounder. If Sewell's there at five, though, don't the Bengals kind of have to pull the trigger? Yeah. Yes. Or Some could they just have... go back and get Slater, though? I can't why, believe why how mess high... around with that. You have your franchise QB, and you couldn't protect him, and you already got hurt. Like, yeah, yeah I'd be I mean, so pissed if they got cute, and I was a Bengals fan. The only argument is they have Jonah Williams and maybe don't even need a left tackle, like could just benefit from taking a right tackle. But I'm with you. I wouldn't. Most people think the Bengals are more likely to trade up a couple spots to guarantee themselves Penny Sewell than they are to drop out to just settle for the second best offensive lineman. But there's a point there. Um, you could really rebuild that defense if you just traded down a few spots. Or add another weapon, too added to it i mean i think in general like three to picks three on are pretty open (laughs) for business right uh because as justin mentioned even denver could be in that mix dallas at 10 dallas doesn't necessarily need like they're desperate for kyle pitts or gregory russo or micah parsons like Whatevs. They should happily trade down and rebuild that defense with some more trade capital. Um, what Giants. What do like our two teams that we think are most likely, Mike, most likely to make a trade in the first sixteen picks? Sure. This uh, was specifically down, about trade down, but um, yeah, I'm down. I'll, I'll throw the Patriots out there just because the Patriots at fifteen. Like, sure, there's a lot of things that will be sitting on the board that they could probably use. But guess what? It's Bill Belichick. He's going to trade down if he can find a reason to trade down. Um, yep. And then I would throw, let's say, ooh, this is really tough. Maybe the 49ers at 12. Yep. Because uh, yep. I'm not sure what they do there. Like, like, I think they'll be very tempted to grab a receiver. Um, but with Ayuk in the first round last year too, that makes yeah. it tough. So I do think Debo. that John Lynch seems like a trade down type of guy as well. I think that they, well, they need to. another good one. They're the Chargers in a... trading down. Maybe um, <laughs> just going to say they won four straight to close the year. I mean, that offense kind of clicked. They, they, they're kind of old on defense at certain positions, but so or... trade up for the chargers too. I mean, say you have a yeah. uh, waddle or chase or someone that you really want that, Kind of Pits, sees a bit scary. of a fall. Pits, exactly. Um, they're definitely no, in really play. Scary. Well, yeah. left, you know, if they really want Darasaw, Sewell's gone already. Darasaw's staring them in the face, and they feel there's a drop off. We could get could a be- Denver Chargers trade. <laughs> yeah. I could mean, you imagine he- that offense, though, with Devonta Smith and Mike Williams outside, and then Keenan Allen in the slot? Shoot any of those dudes. Put Waddle on that yeah. offense. Yeah. I mean, if they could stay healthy and be well coached. Because uh, you know, on paper, the Chargers have looked really good for like 10 20, years. 20 years. I have yeah. never fallen for it. I will say. Um, so and that's the thing about this draft, though. 
there aren't a ton of pound the table guys after the top six. So yeah, after that Bengals pick, most teams are going to be inclined to trade down, especially if they're not in the race to get a quarterback. Uh, it's just one of those classes. I mean, and I think teams like the Niners, teams like the Dolphins, teams like my two candidates, Hank, would be the Niners and Vikings. I think the Niners, they've done the trade-up thing. They they bailed on DeForest Buckner last year because they couldn't pay him. They might be in the Watson uh, you know, market, but I don't know that they have the trade ammo to do it unless they include Nick Bosa in a trade, which would not do um so like i think they're desperate for kind of adding like more talent because they've only had one winning season under kyle shanahan and it's because the depth just isn't holding up as soon as an injury hits they're done so um interesting how uh, broncos fans haven't been clamoring quite as much for kyle shanahan over the last year or so i mean it's it's still there but it's, it's kind of always there. They might have got the uh, they might have got the right guy. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's very unclear with the Niners over there, and I think uh, the Vikings. You know, as much as we've praised the Peyton hire, they're in a tough spot. Um, and I think fourteen. There's no one dropping to them where it's like, oh, that's going to be franchise altering. Mm-hmm. Just move a, move it along. You know? I could see the Vikings trading up, especially if they decide you know we're interested in a quarterback because that offense they've got talent all over the field it's just they didn't do anything with it but their defense is brutal too so that's a tough situation another team i'm looking at too later in the first uh they just had phil rivers retire yesterday if the colts wanted a quarterback i mean we're talking about a team that's pretty similar to uh denver in terms of really just needing a solid quarterback that take the roster where they want to go mm-hmm. um they're really just that quarterback position away and i mean you're picking at 21 overall so it would be a sizable move to kind of get into the top 10 or even top 15 uh but still this is a team that really only has one glaring need at this point yeah you wonder if they're a big trey lance team yeah. if frank reich's hoping to strike lightning in a bottle twice with a North Dakota state quarterback, or if that's what they try to do is a swing, a trade for someone like Wentz Um, would be really interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hank, why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back on the other side and mock the first nine picks. Cause why not? That is a great idea. Um, And I would like to give a shout out to uh, Hassle Cattle Company because <laughs> Hassle Cattle Company equals hassle free meat life. Um, yes, yes. And I think that it's really important that we repeat that as many times as possible so that people understand that if you want to have a lot of meat in your life um, and you don't want to have to work too hard for it, Hassle Cattle Yo. Company has you covered. Um, they have so many awesome meats. Um, the, the hamburgers won awards, the New York strip, they have smoked sausages, they have beef bacon, um, Wagyu Frank without any fillers. Uh, they have two jerky flavors, original and sweet and spicy. Um, so many awesome products have won so many different awards. Um, and a, a whole bunch of people, including a bunch of NFL football players have decided that hassle cattle company is the place to go for their meat. Uh, so 
If you guys want to check it out, you can go to hasslecattlecompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L cattlecompany.com. Use promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off. Uh, it's a great deal, so make sure you take advantage of that. Beautiful. I actually just got a text from the wife that our second order just arrived. Um, we're really looking forward to that. That's how we'll be celebrating Valentine's. Some hassle cattle, New York strip steaks. Good stuff. Um, all right. Mock draft. No time to waste. We start at the second pick with the New York Giants. The Jacksonville Jaguars took Trevor Lawrence. That's how all our mocks are starting from here on. We don't even talk about the first pick. Um we just go right into the second pick, Robert Sala um, and the New York Giants with all the trade ammo that they have. I think we're slowly starting to all be on the same page. Jake, you said it yourself. You're convinced Zach Wilson will be second quarterback taken. I don't know how the Jets don't go quarterback. The Y certainly have always been high on Sam Darnold and think he would be a great reclamation project a la Ryan Tannehill, a la Marcus Mariota. Uh, but I think I think uh, they're ready to move on in the Big Apple. I think they're ready to go after, um, you know, Zach Wilson. I think, uh, you know, we talk about everyone, or not everyone, but there were a lot of Sam Darnold fans a few years ago, and rightfully mm-hmm. so, I think. I don't necessarily think it's his fault how things turned out. But uh, anyways, Joe Douglas is the GM, right? And he kind of inherited Darnold. So I think that this is really his time to just, you know, get his guy. You can bring in your head coach. It's time for Douglas to really just take charge of the organization. So that's why I think quarterback as well. Yeah. And I mean, Salah's coming from a Kyle Shanahan team. And I think a, a division where he saw what Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and those guys can do. I think he'll be very intrigued by Zach Wilson. Yeah, I would agree. I think that that's probably the pick here. Now it gets tricky because Dolphins, we could project the trade. I think at this point, we might as well just stay where we are. If anything, I could see this being a Houston Texans pick because that seems to be the more logical Deshaun Watson destination to me. Um but again, even if this was the Texans, I assume Tua Tagovailoa would be included in that trade and that this would not be a quarterback. So maybe the Texans owning this pick try to move back down, Agreed. which would be really fun. Um, I, I'd kind of be freaking out if there was a trade on the board and it was the Broncos moving up to three and Lawrence and Wilson had just gone. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of, putting yourself in a hole there. You yeah. really kind of have to just take your your quarterback that you like at that point. I mean, there's really no one else you would trade up for, yeah. especially up to three. So yeah. um, it does. I will say, though, I think that trading up to three would be significantly cheaper than trading for Watson. So, I mean, yes. if you yes. really just wanted to address the quarterback position and if you're really going all out and you don't get Watson, I wouldn't be upset. I would be scared to see the price they paid to get up here though yeah for sure um what what do we think that price would be to get from nine to three i mean obviously nine probably uh whatever the second round pick is too and i'd probably say at least yeah the 2022 first yeah 
Yep. Yeah. Two first and a second. One's a guaranteed top 10 pick. Seems about right. Um, steep price to pay. Steep price to pay for sure. So yeah. let's assume the Dolphins stay here. Best wide receiver? Is it Devontae Smith? Is it Jamar Chase? Is a Penny Sewell or like an upset of all upsets, someone like Kyle Pitts? I think it's I think it's Jamar Chase in a pick that kind of surprises us all. I, I love Devontae Smith and he's just I mean, everything you've seen on film, it's clear Devontae Smith is an NFL wide receiver. But as we've talked about, he's not one of those guys that's gonna you know, really, really shine in pro days or like lifting type situations. And people are going to see like what Jamar Chase looks like running these routes and stuff. And, oh, you know, oh, he's got the, he's got the look, you know, they're going to fall in love. He's a great wide receiver. Can't go wrong either way. But I think Jamar Chase is going to slowly edge out Devontae just because scouts seem to care more about how these guys look in their underwear than what they actually do on the field. For sure. I think it's Devontae. I think that, I hope so. I, really I, I hope think so. that I mean, he's the best college receiver of all time, and I, I don't think that NFL teams will overthink that, especially because Jamar Chase didn't play this season, and who knows what any individual GM cares about that. But I think overall there is like a, a belief that that is not a good thing, and if, whether the Dolphins are a team that thinks that that is very important, I'm not sure but I think that there's a good chance that they do. And so it's Devonte Smith to me. I will say real quick, an interesting thing between chase and Smith. I think chase's real strength is actually Smith's weakness where is where it comes to actual strength. I think yeah. uh, watching chase, you know, just how he battles off the line and through the, yeah. through his routes with his body and just overall strength. It's something, it's the one thing that Devonte Smith really doesn't have. Uh, I guess, even though Smith just balls out constantly, but um, just an interesting point there, I guess. Well, do you think Jamar Chase is going to test off the charts? I think he's going to do better than Devontae does. I do too. I think they both might be hurt just a little by the pro day underwear process. Cause like, as you're saying, Jake, that that's his strength is he's, He's really, he's kind of an AJ Brown, Anquan Bolden type. Yeah. Like, it's not creating a ton of separation. He's not, it's not like blazing speed. He doesn't have like Megatron, DeAndre Hopkins type length. No, but like um, when you just put these two dudes next to each other. For sure. Like... No, I agree. I, honestly, I think those two and I think Patrick Sertain are guys who might be hurt kind of by this process. And Jalen Waddle, on the other hand, might benefit. He might be the guy that rises up. Um, but we need to break a tie here, Jake. So who are you going with? I'm going to say Chase, just for the fact to make it interesting. I feel like we've taken Smith here uh, multiple yes. times. So, Yeah, and I do agree. I think Dante Smith's stock is at its peak right now. Yeah, um, agreed. And, but he's playing in the senior bowl next week too. Huge. So huge. Which I Only don't really one. understand, but maybe, maybe it'll help him. But dude loves ball. Right. And he's be the maybe best player on the field. Exactly. If yeah. he's the best player on the field, if he's winning those one-on-ones, then whatever he does at a senior bowl really 
doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Then it, or at his pro day, I'm sorry. It, what he does in his underwear matters even less. But yeah, at Justin's still kind of like, I guess just like in his head, because, you know, even if he measures in at like 5'11", 165 and runs a four, five, five, that's not great. It's, it's not, not great. And I just I great. won't care. Like he's still going to he's still going to ball out. But why would you care? But the, yeah. we see it every year, you know, like 100 runs went ahead of, you know, Judy, Judy and, and a couple other good guys, you know, CD Lamb. I wonder Absolutely. whether there's less stock in the numbers this year just because they aren't going to be uniform. Like with with no combine, without everybody testing the same way. You know, it's it's like how Penn State like has a famously like fast 40-yard dash track. Like whenever UCLA you run your too. 40 there, UCLA does too. Yeah, so it's like Saquon's number there versus Saquon's number at the combine. It's like, eh, really not the same. But does that just like the variance in all these situations – make GM sit back and be like, ah, eh, maybe we'll focus more on the tape and less on the numbers this year. It'll matter more than ever, I think. But that's really? why with guys like Najee and and Smith, I'm like, you just balled out against an all SEC schedule. You ran the table. You did you both balled out in the SEC championship game. You both balled out in the national championship game. What yeah. like what more can you show? I mean I, I get what you're saying, Justin, but still a lot of people put a lot of stock in these athleticism yeah. numbers and just, you know, overall outliers. If you're an outlier, it it's proven that it's going to just be a tougher road. Yeah, no, it really is. I mean, you are essentially catering to scouting models that exclude certain types and you want to make sure that models aren't excluding you. I mean, I think it really does come down to something pretty basic like that. I say Jalen Waddle, but that doesn't matter. That's a throwaway vote. Um, this pick is Jamar Chase. So Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Jamar Chase, one, two, three. Pick number four, Atlanta Falcons. Are we sticking Justin Fields, I guess, is the question here. Or is this Arthur Smith higher? You think they'll keep... Matt Ryan, and if so, then what do you add to Matt Ryan and the Falcons to make this offense? Do better? we think Matt Ryan's done? Because I'm no, I'm not sure he is. No, no, no. He, he, I look. I know it wasn't a great year for the Falcons last year, but I don't think I saw anything from Matt Ryan that led me to believe he was on a path similar to Big Ben or Philip Rivers at this point. Fair. I think he's I, got a couple of years in him. If you could surround him with some talent. I mean, but she's how much more talent need to be surrounded uh, with a good point. I mean, that, that team is just flawed and a foot. They pissed off the football gods in a way that's apparently irreplaceable. I, I don't know what they did, but the entire goat or something. Right. The entire <laughs> offense is made up of. First 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 picks. First picks. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they got to get that O-line right. But the, the problem is really the defense um, on paper, at least. And They're definitely a trade down candidate. If as we I was discussed. the GM, I'd be ready to move on. New chapter. I've got my new franchise quarterback. I'm trading Matt Ryan for whatever and letting it roll. So Fields would be my pick, but I am very open to any alternatives you may have in a alternate scenario where you do keep Matt Ryan and you add more talent to the rest of the roster. 
I'm going to say Micah Parsons just because mm. I think he's someone that yeah. could test very well. Yeah. Um, obviously, he didn't play this year, so that's a bit tough, but he's a young player, someone that I think really can test very impressively. I mean, you just watch his tape. He's super oh, explosive yeah. and athletic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they need just talent on defense, like you were saying, and he has the potential to be the most talented defender in this class, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just for the sake of mixing it up a bit, Michael Parsons. I like that. I, I think that that's a good pick. You know, I, I do think they need to be better in the trenches. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they need to be better in a lot of different places, but, but if Damn I straight. were the GM, I'd be saying like, first of all, we're not getting pushed around anymore. And with Penny Sewell on the board at number four, I think that yeah. just in terms of value and all that, that has to be like where you start. And if you're the Falcons, you say, okay, we have Penny Sewell. That's a great option. Do we like Jalen Waddle there? Do we like Kyle Pitts? You know, that kind of stuff. But it's just so tough when they have Jake Matthews and McGarry at the tackles. And you, I don't know. I think Penny Sewell should definitely be in the conversation. I think Sertan should be in the conversation. Um, but Micah mm-hmm. Parsons, honestly, does help you in the trenches too. Um, I could get on board with Parsons. I mean, it's a great point about Sewell. They just have two other former first-round offensive tackles. (laughs) That's the problem here. Yeah, and then the same Uh, way that the Broncos have their receivers set. It just sucks that that's where the talent is going to be, but that's where we are. So true. So, Justin, we are in need of you to break a tie here between Fields, no, you went Parsons, Hank. Yeah. Or Sewell. Parsons. Okay. I went Parsons. Okay. So Justin okay. can make a tie. Yeah, Justin deciding vote here. I'm gonna go Penny Sewell. I, I think go. they need the talent on defense, but it's just hard to pass on a once in a generation tackle, even if you've already taken them. It's kind of like quarterback, you kind of just gotta keep taking them until you get the right one. Like it sucks, but you need that position. Yeah. Trade Jake Matthews if you want. Trade McGarry exactly. if you want. Yeah, you yeah. get a get a second. I don't know. Maybe I don't even know if you can get a second for him, but maybe a third or a fourth mm-hmm. round pick for him. Add yourself, you know, some defensive capital there. Save yeah. some cap space. Yeah, and that's, that's what Falcons need to do is get that cap way, way down. So more than anything, exactly. Um, luckily, this fifth pick now with Parsons going at four becomes really easy because they'll be doing jumping jacks in that war room uh to is, be able to draft penny sewell Easy. can joe burrow do jumping jacks yet have we gotten the update don't know but he's not in that front office so i assume whoever zach taylor's gn is they're That's doing no jumping jacks. um at six the eagles will be an interesting team we talked about how they would benefit a lot from trading down they would also benefit a ton from adding any wide receiver and any cornerback because those two positions have been disastrous for the Eagles um, in the last few years. Think, so, yeah, let's um, go ahead. Hank. I think quarterback is on the board here, too. I mean, with Justin Fields still sitting there, you know, they have Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But do we know if they like Jalen Hurts? You know, I do think that when you're where that organization is, which is a really, really bad place, you got to consider Justin Fields here. At the same time, like, I, I do think this have so many needs and the odds of them having another top five pick 
or I guess this isn't top five, but the odds of them actually having a top five pick in the next couple of years are also very good, especially if they do need a quarterback. Um, so I'm going to say no Justin Fields. And I'm going to say this is where Devonta Smith goes because he's the best player on the board. Solid call. I agree 100%. Yep. Yep. Um, and more so than it hurts, I think, what do you do with that Wentz contract is? The major albatross in all of this. I think we're looking at Wentz being the starting quarterback again in 21 just huh. because of that huge number. Mm-hmm. Tough. Will he um, agree to do that? <laughs> it, it, it doesn't seem like yeah. that's the type of relationship that's... He's going to James Harden his way out of Philadelphia? Or Deshaun Watson his way out? They have moved on yeah. from Doug Peterson, you know, so... Um, True. At least that relationship could be different. That would still concern me as a coach coming in, though, that this is on public record. You know, my quarterback was openly defiant of what I was trying to do. Like, you just can't have that. Well, and you should be skeptical or reluctant because you're probably being hired with the caveat of you need to accept Carson Wentz as your starting quarterback here. True. True. Figure that out. So um not ideal and this is why the eagles job is seen as not very highly at all um so we're going Devonte. Devonte makes a lot of sense from a draft value perspective i would make a strong argument you know they went heavy on wide receiver last offseason that really it's cornerback that needs to be addressed and i think the way the board falls they'd be they'd be very smart to trade down but Devontae Smith, from a draft perspective, makes sense. At least Philadelphia doesn't riot. And, uh, you know, Jalen Rhaegar, Devontae Smith, that's a fun one, too, to have. Um, you know, with Miles Sanders at the backfield, you still have those two tight ends in Ertz and Goddard. And Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, that's kind of a fun offense. Um, and I could sell myself on that. If not Devontae Smith, I would push for one of the tackles. That's a good, uh, good call, too. And yet they have Lane Johnson and uh, Andre Dillard, who they drafted in the first just a couple of years ago. So um, tricky, tricky. But yeah, you're. Um, I don't disagree. Uh, at seven, the Lions could be an easy pick with just another wide receiver. If Parsons were to drop, that would make a lot of sense. I don't know why edge isn't high as a need for this team. Feels to me like they've been needing edge rushers forever. Um, so they kind of fall pretty nicely with Waddle still available, Cal Pitts still available as a wide receiver to kind of complement uh, Hawkinson, maybe Quiddy Pay, the local product, or Gregory Russo. Um, and you never know, they did just hire Dan Campbell, who said Matt, Matthew Stafford is quote unquote a stud, but the fields could also be in play here if he were to drop. This is a tough one. I mean, yeah. I guess I'd go certain just because, um, I mean, you traded away Slay last off season. I don't uh-huh. really know who else is starting at corner. It's a disaster. I mean, I mean, this team is just, I'd trade back if I'm mm-hmm. in this position, but oh, yeah. uh, for the sake of picking someone, I'd pick certain. Well, with field still being available, the trade back really sets up yeah. nicely for them. Who, who'd you say? Sorry. Uh, Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Deron or 
Omani, Uro, Uroweye, and Justin Coleman were their corners last year. So yeah, you gotta you gotta upgrade that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I they did also, they I mean, did draft Jeff Fokuda, of course. That's true. Yeah, Kenny Galladay was or is a free agent, so that's kind of up in the air too. But yeah. even if he comes back, I think you could justify a receiver. I mean, oh, what yeah. you're doing Big is taking sure. Mohamed Sanu off the field, and I don't yeah. think that that's gonna cause any problems or amandola or amandola yeah three receiver sets yeah yeah he's old you Um, what jalen waddle going deep stafford throws a pretty good deep ball absolutely that's something waddle would be nice i could see two tight end sets working really nice just gonna say if they take pits i mean i know we've talked about it for multiple teams but if you have hawkinson and pits that is an extremely dynamic tight end room and a veteran quarterback that knows how to use them. Yep. Wait a year before you take a receiver. Yeah. I'm, or take one in the third round. Yeah. You know, take yeah. One right. Later. Right. And Dan Campbell, former tight end coach with the Saints. I believe he was there dating back to when Jimmy Graham was there. Okay. So he knows all about utilizing a guy like Pitts. Yeah. I think Pitts just became the pick for me. I'm, I'm down. Let's okay, do it. there you go. That's fun. Uh, all right. Somehow, some way, Trey Lance and Justin Fields made it to the eighth pick. So even if the Panthers were to go quarterback here, it isn't as devastating for the Broncos. This has to be Fields's floor. Just I mean, has to be. Unless it's Lance. Lance is unless basically Cam Lance. Newton. I think that there's a case to be made. You know, I, I think that for the Falcons, you take Justin Fields over Trey Lance. Once you get down here, I think that it starts to get a little bit interesting, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Lance and mm-hmm. McCaffrey is an interesting combination. Fields, too, man. Yeah. I mean, Fields oh, yeah. is athletic, too. Oh, yeah. Feel, I mean, especially if Joe Brady, Brady. were to stay... Um, either of these quarterbacks in a backfield with McCaffrey throwing to Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Bobby Anderson sounds like a whole lot of fun to me. Um, like a lot of fun. Do we have any concerns about Lance being a bigger dude and throwing to some of these smaller receivers? Because I mean, McCaffrey's not the biggest dude, Samuel's not the biggest dude. No, really. No, I don't think so. And also, I mean, Fields is really good when it comes to accuracy and placement, I think. I mean, well, that's yeah. what I mean. Like, maybe they'd prefer him. Yeah, that, that's a good point. But I mean, I don't know. I've got a whole theory um, about, you know, kind of inaccurate quarterbacks and what kind of talent you need to surround them with in order to get the most out of them. I think with Cam Newton, uh, just a few years ago, you saw the Panthers bring in like Christian McCaffrey. Um, I can't remember who exactly it was uh, a few years ago, but guys that can just get open by themselves, I think are better than, you know, the Kelvin Benjamin types for those type of players. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everyone thought like, like, Oh, Kelvin Benjamin, the catch radius, the big body, you can just throw it up and uh, he'll go get it, which true. But if you're throwing to a wide open guy, that makes it much easier than just throwing it to a big body. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of if you look at what the Bills did with Josh Allen. Exactly. Um, yep. Very similar. Just 
get speed. Don't let, don't forget about, you know, contested catches and having a high point the ball. Um, it's gotta be fields here, right? Yeah, it's gotta be fields hard to so. know until we know what happens with Joe, Joe Brady. It looks, it's offense. looking like he's staying. I mean, unless he just well, takes like, I don't know. What is it? The Texans and the Eagles gigs that are yeah, open, yeah. which I mean, for a guy that's what 31, 32 years old to be stepping into that situation as your first head coaching gig. Why he doesn't ideal. need to rush it is the thing. Exactly. If any interest in offensive line. Uh, help out QBs there. It's hard. Yeah. I mean, could be, but boy, the drop off from fields or Lance to Darisaw. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. That's heavy, man. I'm That's going heavy. fields. I have a hard time justifying anything but fields to my fan base. If I'm Matt rule making this pick, I think it has to be fields. Yeah. Um, I'll throw, so, I'll throw Lance in as my vote just to, very on a three to one majority, the uh-huh. Panthers select Justin Fields. And now at the ninth pick, it's got to be Trey Lance. Trey right? Lance. I think today is a Trey Lance day, fellas. Let's go. It's a Trey Lance day. Henry, are you going to be different on this one? Um, You know, if I'm John Elway, I guess if I'm John Elway, I probably thought through this. Also, if I'm John Elway, I don't have any say right now, do I? Wow, that's <laughs> well. so weird. That is so weird. <laughs> If I'm George Payton right now, um, yeah. I guess I've probably thought this through, but I'm probably going to take a lot of time off this clock and really double and triple check my thinking because Trey Lance, I mean, scares me a little bit. Patrick Sertain oh, sure. would be a nice plug-and-play type of guy that would really help a good secondary. And if Drew Locke is good next year, and, and in this world where we take Trey Lance, we wouldn't know that. But if you're able to go – win oh, you might. with drew lock and you had certain like that's gonna scare me that is true i don't know that trey lance plays all that much as a rookie but exactly you know Maybe what i'm feeling trey lance today Hurts. i'm there feeling trey go. lance today it was the trey lance day we we have days during draft season where we lean one way more than the other today was a trey lance day nothing wrong with that super quickly now that we have our pick at ninth overall what direction what would be your ideal second round selection for the Denver Broncos having addressed quarterback already in round one corner. Yep. I'm looking at Asante Samuel jr. Um, if one mm-hmm. of Farley or horn falls, you know, certain not off the oh, yeah. yet. That's, that's possible. Those two are in there as well. I'm looking at Tauno Ufanga, um, mm-hmm. potentially Richard LeCount. Um, I think those are all the first names. And then if, if like uh, JOK falls or even if Zayvon Collins falls, I think that's start starting to get to be good value. Yeah, Those are some of the names that came to my mind at least. Collins would be fun in the second round. <sighs> yeah. Personally, yeah, if, this, if this was the turnout and they got Lance at nine, they could go anywhere in the second round and I'd be happy. Um, I mean, guys to look at for me though, I mean, could uh, – enforce the interior of the offensive line you could go running back even um yeah i, mean, I don't really see fun. more than one or two running backs going at this point mm-hmm. um Lindsay, we don't really know if they're going to bring phil back i mean melvin, melvin gordon you still got that uh, uh dui hanging over his head who yeah. which could potentially uh void his contract if convicted Please. so i mean so Please. let's assume Najee is gone who would you who would you take 
Najee is gone. Screw it, man. Let's go Javante. Let's have wow. some fun. Yeah, but I don't mind dope. it. Javante is so fun, man. I think I'd wait for that more receiving back in the third or fourth. Um, but I I would be doing we just drafted Javante and Trey Lance. I would be hyped. Um <laughs> also I think tackles. if I've gone yeah yeah a tackle would be fun any of those developmental you could go back back to back north north dakota state picks i'd be happy with that let's do it um at this point if i'm george payton i'm saying hey vic sorry we're hoping a lot of the guys who opted out or were injured last year will help you because this 2021 draft isn't so much about next season it's about laying a foundation for the long term here in denver i'm probably going edge rusher um I'm hoping someone like Ojulari, Osai, Ronnie Perkins had dropped. One of the Miami guys. Or yeah. Quincy Roche. Or Quincy Roche. I got my eye on you, Quincy. So, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's the direction I would go in. Justin, yours is the final uh, one-two one, one two combo we're missing. Yeah, I mean... I think corner would probably be where I would lean if you can, you know, get somebody like Asante Samuel Jr. Any of those dudes in the second round. I really like the idea of taking a running back. That's really kind of a so fun. It's a sexy pick, you know. It's not necessarily the one they're dying for, but I like both guys out of North Carolina. Trey Sermon impressed me, man, down the stretch. You know, I. I know it was a really, really small scale, but what he did in that small scale was absurd. If Travis Etienne were somehow to fall, I don't think he's yeah. going to fall quite yeah. that far, but maybe you could trade back up early in the second round and take him. I'd be all about that. I mean, he's he's better with his hands than I think people give him credit for. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, all of a sudden that young Broncos offense really looks pretty lit if you add a quarterback with that kind of upside and a you know an electric running back. That can be a real factor. That would be fun. Um, There you go. Nothing better than ending the show on that. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you, Craig L., uh, you know, Orange and Blue Aussie, all of you for interacting on the Discord. Tune in for questions. Stay tuned for more. We've just got more and more coming our way at thednvr.com. Become a member. Help us out. And, uh, yeah, we will be back next week. Andre Simone. Henry, you've got something? Um, Albert Breer says that the Steelers are planning to sign Dwayne Haskins today. Wow. Better than Mason Rudolph. Um, And very similar to Big Ben. Different, but better than Mason Rudolph. Not quite as big, but, you know, in Pittsburgh, he'll have the chance to eat some, eat some, you know, heavy calorie food and pack on that gut as well. So he could look like Big Ben soon enough as well. Great way. Henry Chisholm, Justin Michael, Jake Schwanitz. I'm Andre Simone. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week. We'll be back soon.